This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story. You say this will usher in a new era of shopping. How so? Ah, good question. Well, I think it's really exciting to see... Buy Now, Pay Later has had a meteoric rise in recent years. It was hailed as the modern-day lay-by, but now Afterpay after is pay is after bit in an Afterpay, zip, hum, latitude, combank, BNPL. If you're not an owner of one of the 7 million accounts currently operating in Australia, you've likely seen an Afterpay or Zip logo at the checkout when you're shopping online or at the supermarket. At the heart of this industry is the alluring promise of interest-free loans. Unlike credit cards, the money is free to borrow, provided you pay it back on time. But consumer groups and even the finance minister are concerned about these services and the potential for some people to become trapped in a spiral of debt that they can't get out of. Today, buy now, pay a lot. It's Tuesday, the 22nd of November. Okay, let's get going. So Jordan, have you ever used a buy now, pay later platform? I have actually. I use Afterpay every now and then, very sparingly. Jordan Beasley is a reporter at Guardian Australia. I have used it to buy flights before every now and then. Um, if it's like a pair of shoes that something's a bit more expensive, I have used it. Yeah, I, I haven't personally used it, but I've seen it pop up whenever I do online shopping. Basically ask me if I want to pay the full amount now or pay it off in multiple nifty installments. It is very appealing really as an option. Can you talk me through how these services broadly work? Yeah, so instead of paying for something upfront, you can pay it off using a buy now, pay later platform. So for companies like Afterpay, um, their standard repayment period is two months. So you, you pay in fortnightly installments. You know, it's essentially like a modern day form of lay-by or a short-term loan. Right, so if these companies are paying for your goods upfront and they aren't getting any additional money from you, the customer, how do they make money? Well, in lieu of charging interest, Afterpay, for example, as one buy now, pay later provider, relies on two mechanisms to make a profit. So a chunk of its revenue comes from merchant fees. Uh, So on every purchase, Afterpay charges the merchant a commission. So if you're buying a pair of jeans from a clothing company, the clothing company then pays Afterpay a certain amount. And then there's also late penalties. So fees imposed on customers when they fail to make a repayment on time. So if you miss a repayment to Afterpay, again, to keep going with that example, you'll be charged $10 and a further $7 if the payment remains unpaid for seven days after the due date. Now, these fees vary from company to company, but the basic mechanics of the system is similar across the industry. So why did you start investigating reporting on buy now, pay later service providers, Jordan? Well, buy now, pay later is really exploding in Australia. So there were 7 million active buy now, pay later accounts in the 2021 to 2022 financial year. Uh, And during this time, there were $16 billion worth of transactions. And that's an increase of almost 37% on the previous financial year. 
So we've really been seeing a rise in the numbers in recent years, especially with Zip and Afterpay. They're the market leaders in this space and and have the most participating retailers across Australia. But there are other smaller companies as well, such as Latitude or Hum and OpenPay. However, alongside this rise in popularity, we've also seen consumer groups, financial counsellors and even the chairman of Australia's Security and Investment Commission all start to raise the alarm about buy now, pay later. Mm. So what they're worried about is that people in financial difficulty are using services uh, like Afterpay to buy essentials like groceries. Uh, But the thing is, is that it's leaving them in a worse financial position than before and they're just ending up in debt. And the concerning thing is that this has been exacerbated by the cost of living pressures since the start of this year. People are finding they can't afford as much and so they're being driven towards these products thinking that it will help them afford things. Hello, Brooke. Hey, how are you going? Uh, Easy first question. Can you just tell me about yourself and your family as well? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, we've both, me and my partner Josh, we have moved to the city of Wangaratta just recently, about a year and a bit ago. Brooke and her partner live in Wangaratta, a regional town in Victoria. It's not far from Albury, it's about a, more an hour, if, if that. It's a lovely spot up here, it's a lovely town, it's really nice. Earlier this year, she quit a job that she says had terrible working conditions and entered into contract work, but then she found out she was pregnant. It was unexpected little delivery, so I was told that I couldn't get pregnant. So, yeah, now we're a nice little family up in Wangaratta. So once, obviously, I had Jack, that was um, the end of that uh, wage. (laughs) And, yeah, had to go on to Centrelink. So this year is an incredibly tricky year for the economy and to go down to essentially one wage. What did that mean for your budget, for your finances, trying to live mostly on on one wage? Oh, that it was pretty much like getting, you know, cut at the knees. Before this moment, Brooke had used buy now, pay later services like Afterpay every now and then for big purchases that she knew she could pay off with her wage. But as the cost of living skyrocketed and her budget got tighter, she started using it for other things like groceries. So we sort of discovered you could buy gift cards with both Afterpay and Zip. So if you bought a $200 Woolworths gift card, you would only have to pay a certain amount up front. So you'd only have to pay $50 up front and then the rest would get paid off in the next three weeks, or, you know, three payments. You can buy Ampol cards as well, so you can buy petrol cards. Um, I'm trying to think of it. There was a few things for the baby that we also, because we, we financially can't get assistance from our families. Um, like I was able to buy the bassinets, the prams, things like that. I was able to purchase these items and, and quite honestly, without having after pay, I would not be able to do that. So, Jordan, you introduced me to Brooke, who you spoke to during your reporting on this. How common is her situation? Yes, I've actually spoken to a whole bunch of people that are in a similar situation to Brooke. For example, 
there was one person I spoke to, she's living on JobSeeker and she's reliant on Zip, which is another buy now, pay later service uh, to afford her groceries. She's a single mother who lives on the family tax benefit and the disability support pension. And she also relies on things that she needs to buy for her kids. Overall, a survey of consumers carried out by the corporate watchdog earlier this year found 19% of buy now, pay later consumers surveyed cut back or went without essentials to make repayments on time. Jordan, I'm wondering if you can break down exactly how people are ending up in more debt from using buy now, pay later. Because as you've explained, if people do pay on time, it won't necessarily cost them more. Yeah. So the issue is, is that people are borrowing money that they don't really have. So nearly everyone I spoke to said they knew they couldn't afford the things they were buying. They just desperately needed them. And I mean, we're talking about food, nappies for babies, petrol. And in that moment when you need to drive to a medical appointment or buy food for your kids, obviously you're going to take any option. I think a lot of people are just, yeah, desperate at the moment and trying to trying to survive and trying to find a way through it. So, yeah, it's just not, not good decisions, but they're, yeah, the only decisions that we have. And then a week or so later, the money is automatically deducted from your account. And often people will deal with that by opening another buy now, pay later account. Oh, 100%. 100%. We've tried everything. We've, we've gone through every avenue we could possibly try to try and get options for us to be able to eat. So, for example, um, we've tried other buy now, pay laters such as OpenPay, Hum, Klarna as well. There's one called Klarna where you can get gift cards and things like that and that's predominantly what we what we were doing so we've tried all avenues and so what financial counselors call that is a debt spiral and in addition to being in that debt spiral you might also end up paying late fees on top of multiple repayments this is where repaying things off becomes the nightmare because if you've got you know five or or six different repayments whether it be credit cards buy now pay later whatever it is you will then start to defer those payments and and make the choice, do I put petrol in the car and food on the table or do we make repayments? Do we have a sense of just how many people are opening account after account after account to keep their head above water? So an organisation called Good Shepherd, um, which is a charity that supports women and girls experiencing abuse and disadvantage, they actually looked into this and released a report in November um, and they surveyed 30 financial counsellors. So, so they're people, for example, that may work for the National Debt Helpline. So if you're in financial hardship, you'll call them up and ask for help. And so in talking to those financial counsellors, 84% said that they'd had clients with buy now, pay later debt that had tried to manage that debt by opening more buy now, pay later accounts. And so they also uh, had said that three quarters of their clients had missed essential payments or they'd cut back on other things like essentials to afford their buy now, pay later debts. In addition to that, you know, we're just seeing more and more buy now, pay later services pop up. And alarmingly, some of these are actually targeted towards cost of living. You know, so for example, there's one called Defer It, which allows you to pay for your bills in installments. There's also tenanting, um, which allows people to pay for their rent in installments. There's Bundle, which advertises itself as being for everything you need from food to fuel to clothes. How are people able to sign up to this service when they can't really afford it? Because 
I know when I've applied for loans and credit cards and things like that, it's not easy. There's a lot of checks and balances in place and you may get rejected if you don't have enough money in your bank account. Do these buy now, pay later companies do those types of checks and balances? So the answer is yes and no. So something you need to know is that buy now, pay later companies aren't regulated under the Credit Act, which this is essentially the legislation in place in Australia to protect consumers who borrow money. So think the same standards as a credit card, which you know, require you to perform things like credit checks or verifying a customer's income and their ability to pay a debt back. And several people that I spoke to, including some that are receiving welfare, told me that the companies frequently ask if they want to increase their borrowing limit. And they say that they think what they're being offered to increase their limit to is beyond what they think they could afford. Wait, so someone who, for example, is on government payments could potentially sign up with no checks and then that company could ask them if they want to borrow even more also without checking. Is that right, Jordan? Yeah, so I spoke to Deb Schrute, who's a financial counsellor, and she says, you know, this is the crux of the problem, that companies are not actually checking that people who are using their products are actually able to pay back the loans that they're taking out. And there's, you know, a kind of a predatory aspect to this. Several people, including some receiving welfare told me that companies frequently ask if they want to increase their borrowing limit. So a similar thing also happened to Brooke. They would automatically increase her limit when she made her payments on time. You don't apply for it, you don't ask for it, you just sort of go into the app and then you'll notice instead of having $500 as your limit, you would have $700. But it is important to note that some companies do have checks even though they're not required to do so by regulation. And Afterpay, who doesn't conduct credit checks, were keen to emphasise that 98% of Afterpay purchases incurred no late fees and 95% of instalments were paid on time in the second quarter of this year. Also, they do pause your account when you miss a payment. On top of that, uh, Zip and Afterpay say they have a financial hardship program which allows customers to go in a payment plan if they're struggling to make repayments. Both Zip and Afterpay say they have a financial hardship program and they put customers on payment plans if they're struggling to make repayments. Are you on one of those programs or are you on, on a plan with them? Well, that's interesting if they do, because they certainly don't offer that when you are advising them that you are in distress. I try to borrow money off my family. My, my parents, you know, sent themselves into a bit of, you know, a bit of trouble help, trying to help us out. Um, there's only so many times you can ask your family to, to help when they financially can't afford it themselves, which is, you know, devastating in itself that you have to ask for help. But then to make them almost feel guilty that they can't help is a horrible feeling. They would actually go without food themselves, just so that we would go with food. That's awful, Brooke. I'm sorry. Yeah, nah, terrible. <laughs> Horrible times. I've gone quite a few days where I would not be eating hardly at all. Next, how buy now, pay later services are being exploited by abusive partners. Laura Murphy Oates here. 
If you're enjoying Full Story, I think you'll really like another podcast we make here at Guardian Australia called Book It In. On Book It In, some of Australia's favourite authors open up about the ideas behind their books in personal and thought-provoking conversations that you won't hear anywhere else. This week, you'll hear Stella Prize-winning poet Evelyn Araluen on the stories we tell ourselves, especially children, about the Australian landscape and belonging. You know, we are colonised through literature and our resistance to that, I think, has a capacity to be literary. We are not in a post-colonial society in Australia. The invaders are still here. They've never left. Subscribe to Book It In Now on your favourite podcast player and you can listen to Evelyn Araluen's episode on Thursday. So, Jordan, tell me about what you've discovered around people, particularly women, where buy now, pay later is making financial abuse worse. Who have you spoken to about this? Well, I spoke to a woman who we'll refer to as Phoebe, although that's not her real name. So Phoebe is a mother of two and she had an abusive partner. So over four years, her former partner coerced her into opening up to 12 buy now, pay later accounts, which he then used to rack up more than $5,000 of debt in her name. And she said she tried to confront him about the debt, but she had to tread carefully because he could be violent. She also had a poor credit history uh, after her partner had coerced her into getting a credit card. But even with that poor credit history, she was approved for these buy now, pay later accounts time and time again. And not only was she approved, she was also allowed to increase credit limits. And so after her partner had coerced her into opening these accounts, he then used them for everyday goods like petrol, groceries and cigarettes. And so the debt just climbed and climbed. So this is a similar cycle to what we heard about with Brooke, but here it's it's not even Phoebe making her own financial decisions. It's her abusive partner. How does that work though? How, how does her partner use an account that is hers? So because he knew her login details and how to access these accounts, um, you know, using her email and password, for example, if any of the purchases were online, he was able just to go about freely charging again and again. Mm. Do we know if this is common, the abuse of buy now, pay later by abusive partners? Yeah, so the Good Shepherd report, which I mentioned earlier, so it revealed that buy now, pay later services have increasingly become an avenue for financial abuse. So a quarter of the 30 financial counsellors that they surveyed said that at least half of the women seeking their help had been coerced into acquiring buy now, pay later debts. And most of the counsellors said, you know, they're just noticing this become more and more common. What kind of impact did this have for Phoebe? She essentially said because it made it harder to afford things for her son because so much money was coming out of her account that her former partner had charged. She just, you know, felt like she wasn't doing a very good job at being a mum and it really affected her personally because she felt like she couldn't stand up to him and have him stop using these accounts And it's sort of of a similar vein to what Dr. Ross Russell, who works with Good Shepherd, said that they're hearing more and more from women that have been through this. You know, she said that they hear stories from clients who say they wish that their partner could have been stopped, you know, that it wasn't possible to open one after the other and that someone would say no. So how did Phoebe and Brooke 
manage their debt in the end? Or are they still stuck in these debt cycles? So fortunately for Phoebe, she approached Good Shepherd for support with her debt. Uh, And so she ended up writing to the companies explaining her situation. And now all but one of those companies have waived her debt. And, And she said they didn't actually ask for it to all be waived. She wasn't expecting that. So she was grateful. But for Brooke, she's also approached financial counselors to help with her afterpay debt. They actually will contact people for you. They will contact the gas and electricity companies. They will contact, in our case, the car repayments, um, the buy now pay letters. They will contact these companies um, and actually speak on your behalf um, about how to how to do it moving forward. So um, it's been, look, it's a bit of a weight lifted off the shoulders. But the thing is, is she's still using Zip to afford groceries because even though she's working to get her afterpay debt under control, the problem she had that drove her to use that service, the fact that they were struggling to afford groceries, that problem still hasn't gone away. And so she still says that every now and then when they need that little bit of top up to afford groceries, they'll use Zip. It's one of those decisions that they shouldn't take lightly. Um, They will come after you quite strongly if you don't pay them. You will be hit with it's the same as interest, you know. They've got their account fees. They've got the same things like any any industry does. So you know what I mean. Like you're still you're still banging. You're sort of investing in something that's going to be financially crushing you down the track if you if you're not financially stable. I guess is probably the best way of wording it. It's, you know. So Jordan, it seems like people are really aware of this problem. As you said, ASIC is aware. There are financial counselors. There are advocacy groups talking about this. Is anything being done to crack down on it and maybe regulate this sector? So currently the industry is regulated and that's under something called the Buy Now, Pay Later Code of Conduct. And so many in the industry argue that this actually ensures a high level of consumer protections. But there are a number of consumer groups that disagree with that. Um, So this code is optional. Companies don't actually have to sign up to it. And services that fail to comply with its obligations don't face any penalties. So groups like Financial Counselling Australia and the Consumer Action Law Centre, as well as Good Shepherd, have long been advocating for buy now, pay later providers to adhere to the same responsible lending laws as other providers of credit. And so it does seem like there's some momentum in the Albanese government to change how buy now, pay later is regulated. So on Monday, they released a new Treasury paper, which outlined three options for how this could work. So the first option is to strengthen the existing code. Um, So that, you know, is this code where companies do self-regulate, but they say they'll add a new affordability test requirement, which essentially means making sure people can afford the loans they're taking out. Uh, The second option would be to partially bring buy now, pay later providers into the Credit Act. So that would include licensing providers and also uh, adding a sliding unsuitability test. And so the final option, which is the most stringent of the three and is what those consumer groups I mentioned are advocating for, is to bring buy now, pay later products into the Credit Act. So this means it would be in line with credit cards and other traditional credit products. Well, this week, the new financial services minister, Stephen Jones, cast a shadow on the unfettered future of the buy now, pay later segment, including after pay. And the finance minister, Stephen Jones, said on Monday that the government is keen to act in some way and that the current level of oversight is not enough. So here's Stephen Jones speaking with Laura Jays on Sky News earlier today. Most of them are operating outside the regulation 
discussion of the national consumer credit uh, arrangements. We believe that there should be a level playing field across credit providers. We think it's a new and emerging and often innovative product, but we want to ensure that it's safe for consumers. And as households are coming under greater pressure, we want to ensure that these products are safe and they're operating under some bare minimum standards. So changing the regulation is just one part of the picture here. Uh, there are groups such as uh, Good Shepherd, which are advocating that we actually need to stop what's driving people towards these products in the first place. And, you know, that's things like raising income support payments, um, making sure that people are earning enough income to afford how everyday goods like groceries are increasing with the cost of living crisis. Uh, because without doing that, even if these products are regulated, those people are still going to be struggling to afford the cost of living. So I'd like to sort of blame the buy now, pay laters, but I, I sort of sit there and say it's a bigger problem, I think. It's a much bigger issue. And I think that for us personally, if we had more money coming in from the government as far as Centrelink is concerned, then that would ease us a little bit because then we can sort of make some budgets and make some plans moving forward and say, right, this is what we've got to work with. This is what we've got coming in. How it's going to get fixed? Because even if those things get resolved, they won't be resolved anytime soon. So even if Centrelink did change payments or benefits or things like that, it won't be happening in the next, you know, couple of months. So it doesn't really sort of help our situation. So, um, yeah, we've sort of just fallen into the category like everybody else. Just, yeah, just trying to survive day to day and that's pretty much what it is. I have to sort of sacrifice food so we can make sure that we're paying other things like petrol and bills. So, yeah. That was reporter Jordan Beasley. I do recommend checking out Jordan's reporting on this story at theguardian.com, and we've linked to that on the full story page as well. This episode was produced by Joey Watson and Joe Koning, who also did the sound design and mixing. The executive producers of Full Story are Miles Matignoni, Gabrielle Jackson, Molly Glassie, and me, Laura Murphy-Oates. Okay, catch you tomorrow.